following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people, and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer, and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's, directions, or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. first reading this morning is taken from the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing even life forevermore. Our second reading is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to the end. Jesus calms the storm. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let's pray before I begin. Father God, help us to hear from you now as we take time away from our daily lives, whether we are currently experiencing storms or sunshine, help us to know you more. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I am getting through an awful lot of hand sanitizer at the minute. Most mornings when I'm in school, I hear about 20 children read, and in between children, I have to sanitize my hands every single time. Maybe at the start of the pandemic, you were cleaning all the shopping that came into your house. I didn't. If I'd done that, I would still now be cleaning shopping that came into the house last May, because we get through such a lot of foods in my house. Today, we're going a bit old-fashioned on the disinfectant front, hence, don't want to break it, my bottle of TCP. I've even made you a bigger one, just in case you can't see the little one, TCP. I'll pop that there. Hopefully, the reason I brought this with me this morning will become clear over the next few minutes. I'm certainly hoping we won't need it for medical reasons. Now, this story we've just had read for us so beautifully, thanks, Naomi. And we heard it last week too. 
is one of those which we know so well. One of those that you might have heard lots of sermons on before. Here we see Jesus acting in power, demonstrating spectacularly that he had control over nature. But that's not where the story starts. It starts with Jesus asleep on a cushion. Jesus asleep on a cushion in the stern of a boat. I love that Mark gives us all those details. Now, my husband can sleep anywhere. And when the boys were younger, before they had phones to play with in the car, I can remember so many drives back up the A1 from visiting family when I was the only one awake. Now, I have to confess, I can't do the same. I think deep down, I'm convinced that if I fall asleep while Paul is driving, we will end up missing the junction and ending up in Newcastle. A couple of years ago, we had a night in a treehouse on a beautiful French hillside as part of our holiday, which sounds idyllic, but it turned out to be a stormy night. And when you can see lightning flashing and hear the thunder very shortly afterwards, one place that it is hard to get to sleep is in a treehouse. But Jesus not only fell asleep in the boat, he stayed asleep as the storm built up, as the waves crashed, as the water started to soak into his clothes. As everyone around him was panicking, Jesus trusted his father. He knew that he was safe in his father's hands. Sleep is maybe the ultimate form of trust. We like to be in control, don't we? And when we're asleep, we're not in control. Anything could happen. Can we trust that like Jesus, we are safe, even when storms are raging? If you've been joining in with night prayer on Facebook with us over the last few months, you will have regularly prayed the ancient Compline prayer. Every day, we can ask God to keep watch around us while we sleep in his steadfast love. We ask him to defend us from evil dreams and fears and terrors of the night. What a beautiful prayer of trust. So, that's the T from our TCP. Jesus trusted his Father. But that is a lesson the disciples, just as we do, still had to learn. They are getting worried. They know how lethal storms on Lake Galilee can be. They might be bailing water out of the boat. They're probably drenched. They were already exhausted after a long day of crowd control while Jesus taught a huge crowd. And this is just the last straw. They're in their boat with Jesus and they can see the other boats around them in difficulties too. What if a gust of wind smashes boats together? What if a huge wave swamps the boat and they sink? Or maybe it capsizes them? Or maybe they'll be washed overboard? 
I'm sure I'm not the only person here who overthinks all the things that could possibly go wrong. But Jesus is asleep. How can he sleep through this? He just doesn't seem to care. And he was the one who suggested they get into the boat and cross the lake. This was all his idea. Surely he should have known a storm was coming. They are really cross with Jesus. I wonder, have you ever felt that God is asleep when you are going through a storm? When you are overwhelmed by fear? Now, I expect they grumbled to each other for a while before deciding to give Jesus a big shove to wake him up. I expect they argued about who was going to do that. I reckon they gave Peter the job. It seems like a job for Peter. In the text, it doesn't name one disciple. It says the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Whoever it was who said the words, he was speaking for them all. And that accusation, Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care that the land where you walked has erupted into violence once again? Jesus, don't you care that crops are failing in Africa? Jesus, don't you care for the millions suffering from COVID? Don't you care about those dying in their thousands without access to treatment or ventilators? Jesus, don't you care that our lives have been turned upside down over the last year? Jesus, don't you care that our climate is changing and we seem powerless to stop it? And it's the same Greek phrase that Martha uses when she asks Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, Jesus may not always use his power to intervene in situations the way we want him to. We often think we know how things should work out. We may be bitterly, bitterly disappointed when things don't work out that way. But Jesus always cares and always stands alongside the suffering. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when he asked for the cup to be taken away. He suffered and he suffers alongside the suffering. Does Jesus care about the terrified disciples in the boat? Of course he does. He cares, and his caring leads him to act. He doesn't make a huge fuss. He just says, quiet, be still. And that's how he was at the start of the story himself. Quiet, still. Out of his quiet, still trust, in his father. One of the commentators calls it his tranquil faith. He acts in compassion. He is suffering with the disciples. He is literally in the same boat with them, even if he was asleep at first. 
and suffering together with someone is what compassion is all about. Yes, we too are called to lives of compassion, to acts of compassion, but they need to come from a place of quiet, still trust. Jesus napped. You can even get the t-shirts that say that to prove it. So we've got the T, the trust, and the C, the caring or compassion. You can choose whichever one you prefer. Now, TCP claims to soothe pain and fight infection. Great. But Jesus here does even more than that. His power over nature is demonstrated here spectacularly. And that's our third letter of TCP, power. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. I'm not sure how the disciples were feeling at that exact moment. They are in total panic. They are afraid that they could drown, and now Jesus starts talking to the waves. I'm not sure what they were expecting, but were they really expecting that? I think if I'd been there, I'd have preferred something a little bit more dramatic. But no, all it takes is three words from Jesus. In the Greek, it's just two words. Echoes of Genesis and the world being created with the words, let there be. Jesus trusted in his Father. He slept through a storm until he was rudely awakened by the disciples. And we can trust that we are loved by the same Father, by the same Jesus who had the power to stop a massive storm in a millisecond. The disciples were terrified. It's the most repeated command in the Bible, isn't it? Do not fear. Do not be afraid. But we get just as scared as the disciples when we're awaiting medical results. If we lose control of our car or we're driving down the motorway. If someone we love doesn't come home at the time we're expecting. Fear is part of life. At the minute, every time my phone rings, I'm afraid it will be telling someone in the family they have to isolate. It's happened a lot. Every time one of us does a lateral flow test, I'm willing that second line not to appear. But out of their fear, the disciples spoke truth. Our passage ends with them asking, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. We have a powerful Lord, a Lord who has power over nature, who can calm raging storms, heal the sick, and bring the dead back to life. Now, power without compassion is a dangerous thing. It can lead to dictatorship, war, genocide. Power with compassion can change the world. And that is the combination we have here. Jesus demonstrates his power here because it is needed to settle the disciples' anxious hearts. He acts in power because he cares for them, because he has compassion for them. Before he acts, he demonstrates the trust he has in his loving Father. In just a minute, we are going to sing, My hope is built on nothing less 
than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But we could equally well sing, my trust is built on nothing less than Jesus' power and compassion. Of course, we don't sing that because it doesn't rhyme. It would be a rubbish line in the song. But it is so, so true. My trust is built on nothing less than Jesus' power and compassion. We can trust in Jesus, who is the perfect blend of compassion and power. We can trust in our Father, who is the same perfect blend of compassion and power. Through the storm, he is Lord of all. Let's remember that as we come to the Lord's table shortly. Even if we can't all drink the wine, we can trust in Jesus who has revealed his compassion and power to us. So just remember TCP, trust, compassion, power. And let's put our trust in our God of compassion and power. Let's sleep when we need to, except we are not in control, and know that our lives are safe in God's hands. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham podcast. If you'd like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.